Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, located in Southeast Ontario. Unitarian Universalism is a progressive free faith grounded in the promises of community and inspired by how we hold our shared faith's principles and sources. For more information about Canadian Unitarianism, please go to our website, kuf.ca, and our national website, cuc.ca. Welcome, everyone, this morning. So I'll just give those that are just walking in a minute to find their place. And I thought I would start off this morning by reading one of my favorite poems to you. And this poem is written by a Persian poet who lived a long time ago called Hafiz. And it's called The God Who Knows Only Four Words. Every child has known God. Not the God of names, not the God of don'ts, not the God who ever does anything weird, but the God who only knows four words and keeps repeating them saying, come dance with me, come dance. So this morning, it's wonderful to be together here. And each one of you is most welcome here. Whether you are a believer, an agnostic, an atheist, or whether you are a seeker, regardless of your sexual orientation, your age, your abilities, whether you are a newcomer, or whether you have been here more times than you would choose to count, we welcome all of you here. And we will all benefit from your presence here this morning. My name is Dale Feinstadt, and I am your service weaver for this morning. Let us now join our voices as we recite our covenant. <laughs> and you can choose to stand or sit, whichever is more comfortable for you. We gather in the spirit of love with open minds and open hearts. May we learn to dwell together in the truth in love and build bridges of understanding as we work together to create a more just and loving world. It is now time for our chalice lighting and I have chosen my chosen sister, my soul sister, Susan Young, 
to light the chalice for us this morning. As we light our chalice this morning, may its flame kindle within each one of us the warmth of compassion, the glow of love, the fire of commitment, and the light of our personal truth. Good morning. I see some new faces, so I will start by saying that I am Reverend Beckett Coppola, and it is my honor and privilege to serve this community as your settled minister. I've been thinking a lot about evolution and development and growing, and I know that sometimes all of those things feel like change and it can feel hard and it can feel frightening and it can feel very unknown. Is the candle supposed to be crackling? <laughs> A little bit of the unknown there. Um, but sometimes we have, we have no choice, right? Because it's time or because somebody shares something with us or because we personally experience a discomfort from how we're being treated by others or seen by others and others not realizing exactly how whole and how worthy and how precious we each are. To face this from either of these angles is to engage with the world from a place of Active courage, of active curiosity, and out of this can arise new understandings, new perspectives. When we choose to expand our awareness, we expand our capacity to welcome others. When we choose courage and curiosity, we get to live with open minds, open hearts, and open hands. This is our theology, and there are also some really concrete ways we can intentionally work with our capacity to be welcoming. A few of our senior youth and members are passionate advocates for gender-neutral gender washroom signage. This allows individuals of any gender identity or any gender expression to use the washroom that they choose. This photo is one example from my recent adventures at my very first CUC National Conference in Hamilton. We were at McMaster University. We can work to expand our use of gendered language to include or be replaced by gender-neutral options, such as siblings and cousins, instead of brothers and sisters, which misses some people. We can use language that reflects how a person refers to themselves, using the language they use to self-identify, taking the time to find out what labels and what pronouns a person uses for their identity, for their expression of who they are. Now, I'm assuming at this point that most of you have seen my email signature. Has everybody seen my email signature? 
Okay, well then I'm remiss and I should start barraging you all with more emails. <laughs> Just kidding. So my email signature is, you know, peace, Beckett, and then beneath that's, you know, the name and what I am here. And underneath that, I share with you in brackets my pronouns. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I identify as a cis woman. This means that the sex that was assigned to me when I was born and my gender are both female. There are many ways we can do this. We could even start putting labels on our name tags that share with others what the correct pronouns are for us and give everyone here an opportunity to step into the occasionally clumsy work of making mistakes and growing and learning together. We can also expand our capacity for welcome through education, through awareness building, advocacy, and simply through being willing to meet people as they are. There are a few social justice areas that folks have expressed some interest in starting to explore here, including welcoming congregations, including the CUC's Truth, Healing, and Reconciliation Reflection Guides. And three weeks ago during Sunday service, you heard about creativity and social action. You heard about craftivism and you heard about active hope. And I shared about the angel wings that the Orlando Shakespeare Fest shipped to UUs in Columbus, Ohio for our 2016 General Assembly because we were having a solidarity event following a mass murder in Orlando. And we ended our time together three weeks ago by remembering how Cuff used to do social justice with some wondering and reflection that was beautiful about how we might do it moving forward. And from that conversation, a few folks expressed interest in being a part of starting to form a new social justice committee here at Cuff. Their conversations are just beginning and your voice is welcome in that conversation. And you also have an opportunity to participate right now. You have an opportunity to participate right now in a social justice event that's being led by our social justice liaison to the board, Laura Miller. Laura, are you here? Thank you. Everybody, this is Laura Miller. Laura serves on the board. She's our social justice liaison, and she is leading Cuff at Kingston Pride. This is in three weeks. Saturday, the 16th of June, McBurney Park, I believe it's 10 a.m., right? Okay. In the morning. I would love to see this community show up in force. I would love for Laura to have sign-up sheets that are full. I would really like to see 30 or 40 or 50 people whose faces I know and maybe some faces I'm just learning to know there with me. I obviously will be behind the table and not walking. 
because I still can't really walk a lot. But I would love to have you there with me, with Laura, and with all the others who are coming together to create a really wonderful cuff presence at Pride. So, with that, who's interested? Anybody else? Come on, keep them up, keep them up. Anybody else? I'm going to be there. Cuff Pride, the 16th. That's a goodly number of hands. I like it. I hope I get to see you all, and I hope I get to see even more people out there. Um, hopefully we can get a Facebook event set up. Hopefully we can start inviting people and doing all the delightful social media nagging that we all love so much. Emboldened by this faith, emboldened by our faith, we do dare to proclaim that we are answering the call of love together. Thank you all so much. That song, I don't know if you know the history of that song, that song arose from both courage and the shattering grief of one particular moment in time. I will quote the history of this song from my colleague, Reverend Kent Doss. The song was written in 1978 to be performed at the memorial for Harvey Milk. Milk was a fiery politician who was the first openly gay man elected to public office. After serving for just 11 months, Milk was assassinated, and his assassination left an entire community devastated. It was bad enough that Harvey Milk, the man, had died, but that bullet also struck the heart of an entire community's hopes and dreams. In that moment of deep, deep loss, this song was written. We are a gentle, angry people, and we are singing for our lives. We are a gentle, loving people, and we are singing for our lives. I think it speaks to us as Unitarian Universalists and as human beings. There's a reason to be angry when our inherent worth and dignity is challenged by the world, but that's not something that happened with one shot in 1978. It's not something that happens only to the LGBT community. It's something that happens to every single one of us. Each and every one of us feels the affect of being ignored, being told we are somehow less than, whether because of the way we look, the way we talk, how old we are, who we love, how much money we make. Each one of us has, at one time or another, had our dignity challenged. End quote. We sang here in this room today for ourselves and for others. We sang for all of the members, friends, and visitors of this community who are experiencing oppression. We sang for all in this community who are allies and accomplices in resisting oppression. And we sang because our theology 
is held in the words that we sing. We are a justice-seeking people, and we are singing for our lives. To feel welcome in our congregation, any individual from a historically marginalized group will need to know that our fellowship is aware of these issues of oppression and is working to be more and more aware of how oppression and privilege intersect right here in our faith home. The impact of oppression and marginalization that our members, friends, and visitors experience is something for all of us to be talking about, whether we identify within a marginalized group or as an ally. Although I do like the word accomplice better because it lets my mischief come out of touch. An accomplice in disrupting systems of power and privilege. And we get to do that together. We have company in this work. In this place, all are welcome as their full selves. And it is the little things that are often the most important. What will really make people feel welcome, what will make them want to come back and get to know us is inclusion and welcome in all aspects of our fellowship life. It will be allowing ourselves to learn when we hurt someone, even if we didn't intend to hurt them. It will be allowing ourselves to listen Seeking information, learning. That's why Mr. Google's out there for you. And when we do that, we will then get to reflect on what happened. Hopefully, without being defensive, we will get to apologize. And as we grow, we will naturally do better. When people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer first go to a congregation, they may be uneasy and with good reason until they know they are welcome. So, in the interest of raising awareness, I've invited the gender unicorn to join us today. And I want us to have a little fun with this. I'm going to use they, them, theirs as pronouns when referring to our purple friend because as they are drawn, they don't fit onto a gender binary, do they? This, by the way, um, I shared with one of our RE teachers that I was using this, and the RE teacher responded, oh, I love that. I use that in my classroom all the time. So I felt very justified in bringing this to you. Um, <laughs> the whole point of the teaching this information is for us to move away from binaries and help us understand relational spectrums like those here and these spectrums and binaries are a learning tool. So these are a learning, these are learning tools. And, and as we learn this, we actually can let go of this tool. Just like somebody who's been doing yoga for 15 or 20 years doesn't really need a yoga mat, right? Somebody who's been meditating for 15 or 20 years doesn't really need meditation seeds, right? This is the same. It's a learning tool. We learn together and then we can let go of it. So very briefly, gender identity, which is the top, the top line there. You can see the top line, female, 
woman, girl, the middle line, male, man, boy, and the bottom line, other genders. And what you get to do, if you go to this website, you get to do this for yourself. You get to put your name in, you get to put your pronouns in, and then you get to move this little black thing, and you get to put this on all three of these spectrums where it belongs. So someone might identify, have a gender identity that's mostly female, but every once in a while, they like to dress in a more masculine way. That's fine, right? So gender identity is one's internal sense of being male, female, neither, both, or another gender. Everyone has a gender identity, including you. For transgender people, their sex assigned at birth and their own internal sense of gender identity, like in our story for our Time for All Ages today, are not the same. Female, woman, girl, male, man, boy, are not necessarily linked to each other but are six common gender identities. So gender expression is the next level down. Gender expression is how you appear in the world. You know, there was a time when women didn't wear pants and a woman who wore pants was seen as very masculine. Now we don't see that, right? So this all changes. Time and conversation change everything. Gender expression is the physical manifestation of one's gender identity through clothing, hairstyle, voice, body shape, etc. Most transgender people seek to make their gender expression, how they look, match their gender identity, who they are, rather than their sex assigned at birth. So, sex assigned at birth, female, male, and intersex. One or two babies out of every 1,000 are naturally born intersex. They cannot be assigned as one or the other. We don't know about this. We don't talk about it. And it's just now becoming illegal in some places, not all, to surgically alter the, the infant's body so that it fits a specific sexual biology appearance. Changing infants' bodies by force using surgery is still legal in many places. The assignment and classification of people as male, female, intersex, or another is based on a combination of anatomy, hormones, and chromosomes. It's important we don't simply use sex because of the vagueness of the definition of sex and its place in transphobia. Chromosomes frequently used to determine sex from prenatal karyotyping. I don't know if I said that right. Although not as often as genitalia, chromosomes do not determine genitalia. This is why this is a justice issue and this is why we're talking about it, okay? The next one, orange, physically attracted to. So this is sexual attraction. It's important to note that sexual and romantic or emotional attraction can be from a variety of factors, including but not limited to gender identity, gender expression, presentation, and sex assigned at birth. Romantically and emotionally attracted to. This is a little different. 
It's important to note that sexual and romantic emotional attraction can also be from a variety of factors, including but not limited to gender identity, gender expression, sex assigned at birth, etc. This language about sexual orientation, about gender identity, about gender expression shifts and changes every few years. Standing on this ground is a little bit like standing on a plank over quicksand. New words arise, other words change meaning and fall out of use, or we evolve and we realize, oh, whoops, okay, that way of putting it actually is causing some harm because it's now supporting oppression. Here's an example. Think about colorblindness in race. Now, there was a time in the 1960s and 70s where we talked about colorblindness and it was a good thing because it helped us to combat racism and then all of a sudden it became internalized and it became the method through which racism was enacted in the world. That's one example. This is why language shifts, definition shifts. It doesn't mean they did it wrong. It just means we have to adapt and move forward as we gain new understandings. So in general, it's best to avoid assumptions when you're meeting somebody new. Avoid assumptions about their gender identity or any other identity. And we can offer this gift to our visitors and our guests and our members. We can also offer this gift to our children. If you do make an assumption, accidentally, not your intent, I know that, try to stay open to it. Try to stay open to being challenged. Listen, reflect, apologize, and move on. Understand when impact outweighs intention. This is really hard, hard stuff that I'm, I'm lifting up. It can be really challenging some days. And other days it feels really easy. But some days it can be challenging. And I know that. And that's why we have each other. We can hold each other when it's challenging and we can hold each other and celebrate when it's easy. It's easy to show up for pride. That makes sense to us. We can do that. We can take the time to ask questions and then respect the responses. We can learn how to use the correct pronouns for each other. We can learn how different people use language to create meaning. That's what we do as Unitarian Universalists. It's not just in social justice. We all build meaning and create meaning in different ways. And it's important that we hear each other. Hear the many different faiths that sit in this room under the umbrella of Unitarian Universalism. We could even start using person-centered language. We could talk about parents. We could talk about people with disabilities. We could talk about transgender people instead of saying the disabled. or any of the numerous hurtful ways that transgender folks are referred to. Unitarian theologian Theodore Parker wrote one of my very favorite quotes from our faith, our theology. Look at the facts of the world. By the way, Theodore Parker could preach for about three hours straight, so 
You're glad I'm your minister, right? <laughs> okay, just checking. Just checking. All right. It's also rumored he kept a gun in his desk in case the abolitionists came for the people he was trying to save. Um, I'm not going to do that. Theodore Parker, quote, look at the facts of the world. You see a continual and progressive triumph for good. I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. We can make it clear that our LGBTQIA plus members, friends, visitors are welcome without them having to ask. We can make it clear that all who identify within any historically marginalized community are welcome here without their having to ask. May we see each and every one of us with wonder and awe. This moment, re-inspired by our courage and our creativity together, may we live more deeply into our shared commitment to a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all that is from our principles. Hare Om Shanti, Shalom. Peace. Blessed be. closing moments, let's connect. If today is not a day where physical connection is something that you want, please just indicate that to the person next to you. After our Sunday service today, we are going to set up this room for shared lunch and, and you're going to go and get food and our guests and visitors are welcome to have food and stay with us. And I have to warn you, we also have an annual general meeting. <laughs> so if you are a visitor or guest, you are absolutely welcome. And I ask that members do get your lunch. Come on back and uh, Daphne Hand will be 
facilitating our annual general meeting in just a few minutes. So with that, I will now say our closing words. May we leave this place empowered in spirit and in thought, remembering that we are creative beings, able to use our creativity to enhance the world around us. Blessed be. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service podcast from the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship. Please feel free to check back each month for additional episodes, and if you're able to contribute financially to this community-supported enterprise, we would deeply appreciate your generosity in any amount.